Welcome to Chemical Reactions. This is the second in a podcast series about European chemicals policy produced by Rud Pedersen Public Affairs in Brussels. I'm Chris Davis, a senior advisor to Rud Pedersen and formerly a long-standing member of the European Parliament's Environment Committee. I was a policymaker with a passing interest in chemicals legislation, but my guest today has been working at this in depth for, for many years. He's Marcel Homer, Vice President, Public Affairs and Government Relations at Nurion, the Dutch multinational that's active in 80 countries and is a global leader in high-performing speciality chemicals such as organic peroxides, polymers, surfactants and micronutrients. The context today is that the European Commission is preparing its so-called chemical strategy for sustainability, as promised in its Green Deal. Yet the legislation we already have, REACH, is said to be the longest in the European law book. Marcel, manufacturers like Nurion must be horrified at the prospect of still more rules and regulations. Is that the case? Well, Chris, thanks, first of all, for inviting me for the podcast and to give the opportunity to reflect on this uh, this important issue. I wouldn't say we are, are horrified, but um, in honesty, I mean, you know, REACH has, has done a tremendous job in, in Europe over the last 10 years that it's now into existence and working. And and we, we have a certain reservation when it comes to new policy that we keep indeed the coherent policy that we have now in place, uh, that we keep it intact. And there is a certain risk that we see with new policies coming towards us under the Green Deal, which is a huge umbrella of all kinds of policies, including this chemical strategy, that there might come a lot of new rules towards us as chemical chemistry, but also towards our customers, the manufacturers manufacturing industry who is using our products, which might perhaps make things even more complex than they already are. You know, when REACH was first introduced, I seem to remember that many of the chemical manufacturers were critical of it, opposed it. But now you seem to uh, support it. When did the chemical industry come to love REACH? You're right. I uh, I wasn't in the industry at that time when REACH was developed. But uh, what I've learned as well, that, that REACH was not something that the industry at the time looked at uh, very much. But honestly, the industry has lived to uh, to work with it and implemented it. And now I think we can all say that REACH is doing a very good job in regulating chemicals here in Europe. And that is also something that we should cherish. I think, you know, also in my global role for Norion, I look at, at a lot of countries and jurisdictions and many countries in this world in, are, are struggling to define their chemicals management policy. And many look with a lot of admiration towards the European model that we have developed with REACH and how the industry and the institutions and ECHA uh, and downstream and upstream users work together to make this chemical management policy work. And many jurisdictions in this world countries are copying it. And even the UK eh, under, under Brexit, one of the, the big stumbling blocks is also what will happen to REACH and the UK. And the UK, for their own reasons, have decided not to join REACH and, and follow REACH, but to develop their own set. But um, yeah, we very much also hope that they would make and develop a system that is similar to REACH, because in the end, the European industry, chemical industry, has learned to work with that, and uh, it's doing a good thing. But having said that, it needs also improvements. And I think and we hope that the new chemical strategy will deliver in, in particular on these improvements like streamlining to achieve consistency and illuminate some duplications, solving implementation issues. And I think also a very critical area is, is a much better enforcement. If you realize that over 90% of complaints about non-reach compliance are from imported products into the European Union. 
Uh, that means that a lot of products that are, or almost all products now made in Europe are REACH compliant, but that the big problem about non-REACH compliance, particularly with the imports, and that is an area which definitely also needs to be addressed to avoid that we import problems that we try to solve within Europe. Lots of points there. The European Commission says that the new chemical strategy is needed to protect people and the environment from hazardous chemicals and develop safer alternatives. But, you know, that's what was said about the REACH legislation when it was proposed 15 years ago. So what's wrong with it? Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And I think also the European Commission itself addressed that already in its in its review of REACH only two years ago and said that REACH was fit for purpose. So indeed, you can wonder, do we need a new strategy? I think, as I said, we can use a new strategy as there are definitely still improvements to make REACH even better than it already is. But if I look at, at the leaked draft that we all seen over the summer, and of course, we don't know at this stage what the final strategy would look like, but working on the assumption that probably most of the leaked draft will be the final strategy, then I must conclude that the strategy looks like a much more fundamental review, perhaps even overhaul of the whole chemicals legislation as we know it by now in Europe. And the risk of that is that we lose another couple of years again in finding new rules legislation while the current one is working quite well. And you know what, Chris? I mean, you have, you've been at the birth of REACH. You have played a very important role in, in the parliament yourself back in the days on this, how complex the negotiations were. And we have seen in the industry and, and I think also in the institutions over the last 10 years how complex and difficult it was to implement REACH. But now we have it. And I think the basic message should be, let's make it work and let's make it work even better. I worked on REACH back in 2006, and we were told then that it would help us identify harmful substances and encourage them to be substituted and replaced by safer alternatives. And that would promote innovation, which would be good for European industry. But substitution hasn't really happened. Why is that? I mean, will the new strategy, do you think, make a difference? Well, you know, over the past decades, I think we have seen many innovations in the chemical industry and of substances. And also, you know, the industry and also Nurion here, we're working hard on a lot of substitutions. And, you know, I heard what you say about substitution and what recently Commissioner Sinkovicius has said and what some NGOs are saying about regrettable substitutions. But honestly, it's simply not true. And, and I think these kind of statements that substitution hasn't happened are not helpful for the discussion. It's, it's definitely not how we work at Nurion. If I I look at our own portfolio, for instance, Norion, over the years, our R&D teams have managed to improve our products again and again, making them more sustainable. And also our approach is to look at the solution that can fix the customer's problem. And if I look at our own portfolio, almost 40% of our revenue now is coming from products that have a sustainable contribution to our customers. And also we see that more and more of our customers demands that the ingredients they buy from us and from the chemical industry have a sustainability profile. So, you know, over the years, I think we can say and see that the sustainable economy that we all want is getting shape over the value change. More and more big producers, big manufacturers and chemical uh, companies are making their products more and more sustainable. And, And let's be frank, there will always be some hazardous substances, but they in itself, I think, are are not the real problem. We need certain hazardous substances as a reactive, but as long as they're not released, they do not harm. People, environmentalists, 
talk about having sustainable chemicals. Does that term have any real meaning to you? I mean, what is a sustainable chemical? I agree. It's a difficult definition question. You know, we take a, a broad view on the impact and the benefits that chemicals have in, in order to ensure that our products are safe and don't cause harm to our health or environment. But that includes a full value chain analysis. And, and always safety comes first. You know, there, there is no trade-off on safety. And everyone wants to have a toxic-free environment. And if what's meant with non-toxic or, or sustainable chemical, that there should be no harmful levels of chemicals around us for our human health or the environment, I think that then we fully agree. But it's not that black and white. It's important also to remember, you know, that, that some intermediates might be hazardous, but are very essential as reactors to create products that we use every day. And as long as they are used as a reactor and are not exposed, then basically they cause no harm. But in the end, we will need some chemicals that work as a reactor that's unavoidable for the products that we want to have. But yeah, I mean, if if we can make chemistry more sustainable to more environmentally friendly production processes, if we can take some fossil materials out and make them much more biodegradables over the long run with with innovation i think that is the way to go and that is how we at some point will arrive in a situation that we can say you know chemicals are not harmful anymore they're not hazardous and those that we have have a calculated risk which present no danger and you know let's let's not forget in nature there are also a lot of dangerous chemicals in our own body even you know, it's, it's sometimes I feel it's trying to define the impossible. It sounds nice, but we should be realistic and really look at what we are talking about and not use these strong words to kind of define everything. Your competitors don't have to keep to the same rules in their own countries as we have in, in Europe. And often we don't know what chemicals are in products imported into Europe. It's not a level playing field for European manufacturers, is it? Exactly. I mean, 90% of the complaints about non-reach compliance are about imported products. And that I think that is the, the big pitfall that we see, and that might even grow bigger, that you drive at some point chemical industry out of Europe and manufacturing industry with it because they need the products we, we produce and that you suddenly then start importing it. It's the same like the discussion that we have in, in energy and climate with carbon. And again, I think uh, reach needs improvement and can use improvement and we welcome the chemical strategy very much but we should make sure that indeed we keep a balance with the rest of the world and that we avoid that we start importing our own problems by moving the industry out of here we use many thousands of chemicals and environmentalists will say they're in our bodies and they can cause cancers they're in our rivers and they lead to a loss of biodiversity and yet you know we humans we live longer our water seems cleaner than it used to be. Is there, is there really such a big problem that policymakers have to address? Hmm. That's a very good question that you pose there, Chris. I think there is a problem, definitely. I think we all agree to that, that we want to make the world a cleaner place. And the industry is taking many efforts also to do that, to reduce its energy emissions, its greenhouse gas emissions, to, you know, make much more responsible use of the products. But the solution to get there, the road, to the path of transition to get there, I think that is what it's about. You cannot change the world in one day. I mean, 
I'm sure that in the long run, we will arrive at that situation of sustainable chemicals, but it it, it will take some time. I mean, like we were able to develop today's handheld smartphones, which are much more powerful than the NASA computers that in the 1960s helped us to land a man on the moon, or like we were able to remove coal and now are with clean energy. But all these changes have, have had a long transition path. And also, if you look over the years at the chemical industry, I mean, we've made such tremendous changes to the products we develop and the substitutes that that we are making, which are much more sustainability. So if we create the right conditions, I'm sure that transformation will happen. I think the key here is innovation. And I must say, you know, it's, it's called the chemical strategy for sustainability. And that's a nice catchy word, but I think it's really about innovation how do we you know not only invest ourselves out of the current crisis but also how can we innovate ourselves out of the current crisis and for instance if i look at the at the multi-annual financial framework of the european union and the recovery fund what what strikes me is that at the end of the day the cost is at the innovation fund the the innovation fund in the final package of 1.7 trillion euros is less than uh, what was originally proposed. While nowadays, even more than ever, we need innovation. Also, if we want to stay at par with the US and with China and, and other upcoming markets, innovation is key to create and maintain that competitive industry here in Europe. Not only the chemical industry, but also our downstream users who use our chemicals to provide the good jobs and, and to make sure that we still have an, an economy which, which contributes and an industry which contributes to the societal goals. Is Nurion ahead of the game, do you think? I mean, do you look at your portfolio of products and think, you know, how can we make these safer? Or do you just keep within the rules that exist? I I find it difficult to say that we're ahead of the game, but we are definitely doing a, a very good job at it, if I might say, and, and definitely are, I, th I think, in the front league with a lot of products that in the past had substances which we replaced for biodegradables. Let me give you a few examples. You know, there is an increasing demand for bio-based, natural-based chemistry, where we have a strong presence in the personal care and cleaning market and where we have replaced products that in the past were made with petrochemicals as the basis, now with biodegradable sources. You know, we, we do a lot about energy efficiency. We have introduced bio-based polymers that uh, can replace petrochemical-based ones. We are working with a lot of small companies, startups, innovative startups, uh, and one of them, for instance, Photonol, we've worked on, on using uh, CO2 as a raw material to develop chemicals. And also, we developed a unique technology for removing pharmaceutical micropollutants from, from wastewater by also, again, with innovative startup, by using an ultraviolet treatment and our own uh, hydrogen peroxides. So, yes, I mean, our, our products are definitely contri contributing. And as I said, about 40% almost of our revenues already come from chemicals that uh, bring a sustainable benefit to our customers which they use in the products that go to, to customers, like pharmaceuticals, like cosmetic producers, like cleaning producers, which is definitely something that you see. And that's not only happening at Norion with us, it's, it's happening across the industry. So, you know, there, there are a lot of good things going and uh, more needs to be done. And we're working also hard on that. 
but it's something that on, not only can come from the chemical industry, it's, it's also something that should be and that is demand driven. You know, we follow what our customers want. And if they want a different solution, then our R&D labs are, are working hard as they can to find that solution and reach the standards and the demands that our customers have set. Marcel, you've been in the chemicals business a long time. Is the European industry still going to be successful in 20 years time? How is it going to change, do you think? We definitely will be successful in 20 years. I have no reason to doubt that. Will it change? It definitely will change. But I think across the world, it will also change. Europe is not the only region that is working on sustainable development. So it, it, it will be there. I think the challenge for Europe is not to get too far ahead of the league and make sure that also in Europe, we can still have a competitive industry which contributes to sustainable goals that society has set. Might it not make better business sense for a number of European companies to shift their production to somewhere else in the world where labor's cheaper and the rules are simpler? No, I think that's too simple, Chris. I mean, you know the chemical industry as well. There is no use in moving your production to a place where labor is cheap. In the end of the day, you need to be with your customers. And, and that is what defines the chemical industry. We're close to customers in our end markets. So, you know, just shipping it for labor costs is, is not a solution. And other markets present other challenges like intellectual property. China is a challenge. I don't think that's the road to go. And definitely it's not a road to go in Europe as well. And I think if, if there's one lesson you can draw from this COVID-19 crisis, it is that we need a diversified economy with a strong industrial base in it as well. I think the countries which have been become very reliant on a service sector only or mainly like tourism or financial service, etc., these are the, the, the economies uh, hardest hit by this crisis while the industrial base gets rather pace. So I think still in the interest of Europe, we need a diversified economy now and we need it in 20 years. You've been listening to me, that's Chris Davis, as I talked with Marcel Homer, who is a vice president leads on public affairs and government relations for Nurion, the Dutch producer of speciality chemicals. Thank you very much, Marcel. In the next of our series of Chemical Reactions podcasts produced by Rud Pedersen, Public Affairs in Brussels, I'll be giving a voice to environmentalists by talking with Stefan Schurer of ChemTrust. You can hear it on the Rud Pedersen website or on the LinkedIn and Twitter pages. Thanks for listening.